0: Hey, it's Crystal McFadden, host of the Crystal Conversations podcast. Before the intro starts, I just wanted to say hello. I am so excited you are listening in on season two. We are really honing in on the focus of resiliency as it relates to mental health. These are professionals, people with their own personal journey. The whole goal is to just pour into you with the education, knowledge, and wisdom that they have to share for your benefit. So grab your notebook, grab a pen, and please don't forget to invite a friend to the conversation. I'm glad you're here, and I can't wait to see you again. Take care. Hi there. Welcome to the Crystal Conversations podcast. My name is Crystal McFadden, and I am welcoming you to this place where conversations of growth and resiliency, faith, and falling meet your day-to-day challenges with authentic stories of the struggle, each equipping and encouraging you to own the value of your journey. Thank you for joining this Crystal Conversation. Hello, listeners. I'm so glad you're here. You know, I am honored. Every time you tap into another episode, you push that wonderful button on your cell phone and you say, you know what? This crystal conversation is worth time and noise in my ears because i know that god is moving in mighty ways and so today i'm super excited because my guest here is someone that Mm -hmm. is quiet and sweet and serves and i see her working her tail off when probably she doesn't know anyone's watching and i am so grateful for the gifts and the life that God has given her to serve others. Um, She is a veteran. She is a mill spouse. She is a fellow counselor um, with a social work background, which I always admire because that's the detail oriented. That's the resource giving. That's the, hey, let's make some change happen, end of things. And so sitting here with her, knowing that she is always serving with intention navigating stories that no one may know. Just to be able to share some time with you as a listener and her sharing some of her story, I know that you will be inspired and also equipped to walk through some of the stories that you might be going through and you don't know where the answers are and you may not have resolution, but please hear me out. The feelings that you are experiencing are more than likely normal and I can promise you with all of my heart, you are not alone. So it is my honor and privilege to introduce Miss Danielle. Welcome.
1: Hi, Crystal, thanks so much for having me. You're too generous with your words. Um, I appreciate the kind intro. Um, again, everybody, I'm Danielle Whelan. Um, I am a native Virginian. And so I um, grew up near the East Coast beaches of Virginia, Virginia Beach. Um, so, that says anything, um, sun, water, uh, they used to call me Danny, the dolphin growing up because you couldn't pull me out of the water. Um, so really just having those quiet moments of like grounding have always been really important to me, um, to like center myself and to connect. Um, and I, like Crystal mentioned, I, um, I'm a nine-year Coast Guard veteran, so that probably also explains why um, I chose that branch. I was going to ask you
0: <laughs> with the water and the beaches. I'm like, is that why you navigated towards Coast Guard? Because that makes it's, perfect sense now.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's one of the it's one of the reasons. Also, because I really felt that Coast Guard was a life saving organization. Um, And so the values were values that I could really get behind honor, respect, devotion to duty and saving lives. And so um, it didn't hurt to be on boats all the time, too. So that was a bonus. Um, And then I also I have three children, 16. He's driving I can't even believe that um she'll be 14 May 1st so right around the corner and then an 11 and a half year old so very different seasons for each of those um each three of my kids um and it's it's like I've blinked and here we are it feels like yesterday they were teeny tiny and so when my friends when they tell you that the years are long but the days are short it's or the days are long the years are short I said it backwards there you go it's the truth the days are long, but the years go by so fast. Um, and then my husband and I have been married since 2006, but have been together since 2003. So almost, almost 20 years, phenomenal. Um, it's, it's hard to think about that. Um, time, like I said, goes by really fast, but I, I also am a licensed clinical social worker. Um, when I left the military, I really, um, made a huge pivot in the in in the direction that I was going with my life. I'd actually joined the Coast Guard with intentions on being a lawyer um, and actually worked for the legal department within the Coast Guard. And um, it was my hopes to the military would pay for me um, to become a lawyer and then I would work for the the um we don't they don't call it Jag on the Coast Guard, but the becoming one of the Coast Guard lawyers. Um, but I've got to have different plans for me. Um, I, it's easier to be reflective and look back and see what that looks like now. But in the moment, let me tell you, um, I was, I like in an identity crisis when I came out. Um, and I think that that's something that we can, we can all kind of relate to is like at some point in our lives, there's, there's these feelings of inadequacy and that's what I guess I hope
0: before you go into inadequacy, I'm, cause it's such a, it's such a big topic. I don't want to gloss over that powerful moment of that identity crisis, right? <laughs> that it's not just a veteran transition thing. It's a, when a human has a plan in their mind and God hijacks it and does a 90 degree turn, a 180 degree turn we, we kind of have some feelings to work through.
1: Oh yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, and, and it's not even just feeling like it's, it's feelings, it's, um, individuation. It's again, I think the whole encompassing identity of who I was. And, um, so,
0: so for you, it led to this
1: place of,
0: am I even enough? Like I had this goal and now it's changing.
1: Yeah. And it all really the irony of it is, is leading up to even joining the coast guard was that's the whole reason why I joined the coast guard was because I didn't, I, I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know anything else. Right. Like, Mm. um, it was just kind of a series of, of, of going like passively engaging in life. Um, and I, I gained this sense of. Um, almost perfectionism right where like you you think of like what the best looks like and that's what it is and that's what you point your errors to and you you dive into it Um, and so not really knowing who I was as a person joining the Coast Guard early on um, military has a strong way of molding you um, in creating and enveloping your identity in those core values in you know, the uniform itself, and so when I got out, um, and the reason, one of the reasons why I got out um, was I started developing pretty significant anxiety um, while I was in what I know now to be PTSD um, with some of the experiences that I had in the Coast Guard, um, and then also with my husband also being in the Coast Guard, and us having, we had just had our third child, Um, I, I could not continue forward. Um, I was at like the precipice of the, the worst breakdown, I think of, of my life for sure. And looking back on it now. And so um, getting out,
0: finding out is that's, that's a really common experience where we, we came in, we weren't sure exactly what we were doing, but we were ready to take on the challenge. They formed, I mean, you and I know our brain doesn't finish forming until the ages of 24 and 26. So that identity formation isn't just, oh, hey, I didn't know. And then they helped me like adopt their core values. It was literally our brain finalized our identity around this lifestyle. And oh, by the way, these major events happened while serving. And then eventually the load gets too heavy. Like they're not pointing you to turn your, all of your weight, all of your burdens towards Jesus. They're saying, suck it up, pull up your bootstraps and let's roll. (laughs) Get on the Like
1: literally give every part of yourself for the mission, right? Um, and so to, for some contract or some, um, like reference point, you mentioned, you know, we're not fully developed neurologically until 24. I, I got out at 27. Mm. So think about that. Um, join, I signed the papers three months before my 18th birthday (laughs) when my dad signed with me co-signed and, and don't get me wrong. Like I wouldn't, I would not change the experience I had in the military for anything, Um, but it is something that I know for certain, um, we can do better about with, with helping that community and also knowing the truth about who you are, um, and what that looks like. It's so important to have that, having that identity outside of what your community or outside of what you do is important. And so, um, I, we made the decision that I was going to get out, um, I'd actually had right before that, um, a really significant traumatic experience. My best friend at that time, her daughter died. Mm. Um, my son's best friend, I was in the, in the hospital room when she died. And so I had all these like mount, like mounting moments where I just like, I, it, it was a perfect recipe <laughs> of falling apart when I look at it. And so I get out of the coast guard, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to school, Um, I, I decided that I no longer wanted to go into law that, um, it felt like that was something that died when I decided that I was leaving the coast guard. Some definitely all or nothing thinking there. (laughs) Um, and so I originally went for, um, psychology and then I hit this place of like severe depression. I'm talking about like debilitating depression and anxiety at one point. Um, for clinical terms, we you, you could we would call it agoraphobia. But for and what that means is like I couldn't leave my house. Like I was so embedded in fear um, and these feelings of inadequacy. There were days that I would just lay in bed and couldn't move because. Um, I was so afraid that if I moved, that I was either going to hurt myself or that I was going to hurt someone else, you know, I just had completely lost every part of myself. And so,
0: and it's very um, real in that moment. Like when we're in that darkness, I know those who may not have walked through feelings of anxiety and depression at that, at that level, sometimes we're like, oh, just, just shake it off. Just go outside. Just. Like it's physically painful. It is mentally agonizing to navigate that space. And, and so I I want to acknowledge that it is exciting to know that that was just a season and not, and not a space that you stayed. And that for those who are listening, that may feel like that, who, who may experience even a level of that, that it doesn't mean that this is the end, that there's something wrong permanently. It means that this is a battle you're about to walk through and that there is hope on the other side.
1: Absolutely. Um, And not only is there hope, there's healing, right? Like um, there is a pathway out of the darkness. There is a pathway out of those feelings of inadequacy, feeling incomplete, Um, You can find wholeness. And um,
0: what were some of the glimpses of hope for you? Like, because there was this period of depression, this period of not leaving your house, and then all of a sudden, like flickers of of just those breaths of fresh air.
1: Well, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't until I was able to be vulnerable enough, vulnerable enough, to admit that I was suffering. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think our natural inclination uh or everything that I was like taught indirectly or even directly is avoidance, right? Or suppression. Um, meaning well, you said it, strap your boots on, and push through, push through, push through, right? Of of I mean, for the longest time, even the military community mental health was was frowned upon. Like you couldn't take medications. If you had diagnosis, you weren't fit to serve. Um, and you're really told that like, you're broken if you, if you have these, these concerns and issues. And so, um, they're not, there, there's not any preparation. And so, or, or preventative care, Mm -hmm. um, for mental health. And so I think that that is where like truly coming to the end of myself, was just like i remember at one point was like i'm i'm going to die either way <laughs> um like i'm either going to die if i don't do something about this or i'm going to die living like this you know like i like literally when i say coming to the end of my ropes and so um and i think that that was the a pivotal moment for me was just like at this point life can't really get any worse than this. Um, and so I, I had to tell myself that, um, acknowledge that I was suffering, acknowledge that, um, that if I didn't do something about it, I was dead already. And so I know that that sounds really scary and it was, um, but it's something that I, I think before that, looking back, I resonated really with, with Moses and in that pivotal moment of like, I, after he, he killed the Egyptian and he looked to the left and he looked to the right and he really just wanted to hide from the very deepest, darkest places of him. That was the same for me. And then eventually you're faced, you're faced with yourself and there's, there's no running from it. And I think that that's for everybody who's listening, that, Until you acknowledge that you're suffering, until you're willing to go to that vulnerable place, um, that saying you're only as sick as your secrets, light and healing can't be, we can't do anything about something we're not willing to acknowledge. Um, And it's such a safe place to be able to acknowledge. It's such a vulnerable place, but also a safe place to start by saying, hey, I'm suffering. This isn't okay. Um, This is, this is not life, life in this place of emptiness and inadequacy. And so that, I think, I know it doesn't sound like this big ray of beacon of hope, um, but it is, uh, I think, a pivotal moment in where we change.
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. I think it is, it is that moment when the weight lifts that we, we scoff at in our pain saying, no, it doesn't just take that. Acknowledging our suffering or acknowledging the way we've been living or what we've been doing or the approach we've been taking is no longer working, <laughs> hiding, fighting, being stubborn, whatever the case is. That, that pride bubble that we isolate ourselves in that is masked by fear, um, it is the it will it will suffocate us and the minute we say i'm i can't do this i am i am suffering i am not i am not able alone that weight that can be taken is so powerful that we don't realize it until we experience that moment like you said that pivot of the bottom of the hole to slightly less dark. It's like that gray area of I don't know what's next, but it's not as dark right now.
1: Yeah. Or or even if it is as dark it is because I I I think that for me really hope didn't come until I was able to see the application of what I was doing, right? Like I I was like it's it's dark and and it's hard and it's now. um, and I don't want to touch these places with a ten foot pole, but again, not touching it wasn't doing anything for me. And so, um, the first thing, the the very next thing that I did was I was like, I, as a person of faith, I was like, I know, um, that there uh, there's a lot competing for my mind right now, right? Mm-hmm. There's a um of telling me who I am and what or who I'm not, um, and I think that that was the biggest thing. And for me, I. I thankfully had some of that foundational um, like logical knowledge, the emotional stuff, the emotional side of my faith was not present, but um, I knew like what the Bible said. I knew what, what I'd heard before about what my identity was. And um, for me, I thought that like, Hey, if, if I really don't know who I am And there's this God out there who, who says that I made in his identity, then maybe that's where I need to start. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's where I need to get back to. Um, But for me, it was, it was about trying to figure out who this, who God was as a person, right? Because before I'd really been in this transactional relationship of my faith I was like, okay, if I do this, then my life will be good. And, you know, all of these, these works based things. Um, and so like making all these deposits so I can cash in later. Um, and obviously we know that's not how it works, especially <laughs> in that moment. And so, um, I called and looked for a, um, the, the church that my kids were going to for vacation Bible school, um, that my mom was taking them to, cause I wasn't getting out of bed. <laughs> um, they had a, a coaching program there, a Christian coaching program. And it was so bad where like, she actually came to my house because I couldn't leave Mm. and, and just sat with me, like just sat with me as I just was kind of like, was evaporated into the couch, um, and would just tell me truths, right. And, and tell me that I was going to like, it's okay. You're not alone. And I think that that was so important was, it was just to feel like you're not alone. And, um, she, this, I think Like, I know for sure that it's one of those God connection moments because she lived actually in the same neighborhood as I did right down the street. Like she was, she was just, she was there all along. Um, and she helped to remind me of who God was. Right. And, and I think the hardest thing looking back was all of these, Things that have taken that that slowly took away from me, like what the Coast Guard took from me, what the loss took from me, what like I had, I was identity, my identity was completely gone, and so she started reminding me of who God was, so I could first trust Him and who He was, so that I could trust in who He said I was. If so- that makes sense. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. And first I want, I want to rewind for, I don't know if you're pushing your, your podcast button, you're probably going to hit your 15 second back twice. And you mentioned (laughs) that she just sat with you. And I know there are so many believers out there who are like, I'm not a trained counselor. I don't feel like I know what to do in these situations. I know someone's hurting. And I am telling you, do not underestimate the power to literally be like Jesus and embrace the power of presence. There there were people in my very dark, depressive holes and mine's usually like seasonal. And, And as I got out, they've They've lessened now 20 years later, but in that 10 to 15 year span post departure, I remember the people that would just sit on the porch with me or they would just come in and they would do my dishes or they would wipe off the countertop or they would heat something up that was already in the fridge. And I mean, I... I know you probably felt the same way, like you said, sunken into the couch where you didn't care if they were in your fridge or in your cupboards because you weren't moving. Because it's this numbness and this this disconnect in that emotion that if someone is going through that and you're that person down the street and you're that person who you can see is, is called, not the overstretched helper that wants to help everybody and rescue the world, but the, the one who is called, don't be afraid to sit in the silence and, and just deliver salted words of love and understanding and compassion, because sometimes Jesus didn't say the comfortable things. I say sometimes, (laughs) but he delivered the truths that we needed to hear the, no, you're not married or no, you're not doing right. And,
1: or no, um, you have a choice to make here, whether you're going to live or die. Yes.
0: (laughs) Like literally this isn't happening to you. There is a choice here. And so, so in that rewind, I just want to highlight the power of this woman, coach or no coach counselor or no counselor, the power of sitting is amazing. And then your understanding of who God was. I think as someone who didn't grow up in the church, I didn't know the Bible stories. I didn't know the the good news. Like everyone says, oh, just share the gospel. Nobody knows what that means if they didn't grow up in the church. Like it is such a foreign concept. So my first steps When I finally started seeing a consistency of these stories told and this God they talked about was who is this God and what does that even mean? Like, how am I going to trust him if I don't know who he is? And so the fact that she walked you through who God was so that you could trust him so that you could begin identifying who you are according to his ways like that is
1: that is just so powerful. And and that's that's the first when I really started to learn and what I recognize now my my foundational understanding of discipleship right which for me and what I do um, which is usually part of my introduction is is as a mental health therapist I really believe in bridging the gap between mental health disparities and and um like spiritual wellness and so uh we're we're a whole person um physical mental emotional and, and spiritual and wellness comes with with all three of those being addressed and so um she really showed and acted out what god meant in discipleship that i think is a challenge that we're facing you know with with the body of Christ in our approach and how we're, we're telling people about who God is and, and what that means. And so I think we fill people with all of these knowledge bases of it's, I recognize as like very Pharisee approach um, where we're like, okay, here are, you know, these, these, latin terms and this is what this means and memorize all of these all these biblical prescriptions of how we're supposed to do things when we're when we're not well but if we're all honest there is a place and space of us of like well why should i do these things like who is this god that tells me that i should do these things and why should i trust him because exactly. why would a God who can do anything, allow me to allow a five-year-old to die. Right. Yeah. Like these are the things that I wrestled with. And I'll be honest with you, I never got an answer of why she died. <laughs> um, but and 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 I I lived in this place of Christian, like desert Christianity, where I again I believed that that transactional relationship like i had a god that i served who was to serve my benefit and the truth is god cares more about the character of our hearts and the ease of our lives um and that's that's the god that i know right of um we live in a, in a broken hurtful painful world and he doesn't desire that for us um but true reconciliation comes after this life yes, right Um, and I think that that's a, a place that we often skip over or brush over when knowing who God is, but so she, she helped me to learn who he was and and his true character of why I could trust him, why he, he is faithful, why, um, his promises are true. And once I really learned, to, to know who God was, I started to be able to understand who I was in his identity. And those feelings of inadequacy um, really started, I, I started to be able to lean into them um, as this concept that I really not meant to belong here, right? What I once identified as a homesickness feeling is a home yearning feeling yeah. um, and that I, that we are all called to be set apart, that we're not supposed to fit in, we're, you know, we're circles trying to fit in a square pet or circle pegs trying to fit in a square hole or whatever that looks like. Um, And if we can all really, I I think there's a place and space that we can all identify that there's feelings of inadequacy. And, And where does that come from? Right. And, and I think for me, I really learned and identified that there was this void place inside of me that I tried to fill with everything that the world had to offer me with my uniform, with, um, children, with the things that I could do for other people. And I realized that none of those things were fitting that void the way that they needed to fit. And so, um, once I learned, what and how to fill that void um, as best as possible. And that's also why I say that reconciliation, full reconciliation doesn't come until after this life is understanding that there is gonna be that, that place, that home yearning for me. Um, and that I, I have to stay on top of it because I can easily fall into those cycles of depression or anxiousness um, because yeah. of what's competing.
0: Yeah. And just because we are holding on to that, that yearning of going home for eternity, it doesn't mean that the bad things on earth still don't keep happening in a broken world. Like we are still grieving and we are still challenged and we may still be ill or we may still have division within close relationships, um, betrayal, all of those things that we're like, why God? Well, the Bible points us and shows us that it's not for our comfort, as you mentioned. It's for his glory. In these moments, we, dr- we have the option to draw nearer to him, to become more dependent on him, to see whatever it is that is equipping us or strengthening us for, just as this woman showed you in that place it showed you that discipleship process. So you could then carry that forward that he used that moment in such a powerful way that you know, that there's going to be some times where you just sit with someone. It's not going to be a life-changing dynamic session of like, bam, we healed from this. Let's move on. It's like,
1: Nope. Sometimes we're just going to sit here. And that's those experiences, right? Those, and, and, and the, like fullness of seeing discipleship is, um, yes, there's a time and a place for people to, to know and have the biblical strength of like knowing your verses, knowing the truth, being able to stand and, and share the truth about what, what the Bible says. But first and foremost, and we see this in, in Acts 2, um, it's about having an experience with God right, with, with our creator, um, and sometimes we're the only face of Christ that people ever see, and so instead of trying to fix or, I guess it's the best way I can say, instead of trying to fix other people or give people biblical prescriptions, being that experience, loving somebody well um, is so important in those spaces and places. And I think that that's what I know when we talk about like counseling and therapy, um, we, you know, I don't know if you connected to love, but I think loving somebody well, right? Holding a space and place for somebody where they, they can be vulnerable, they can lean into their suffering, while knowing and and being, um, provided with, with the truth and challenging distortions, right. And, and that's, that's what we call them clinically. But again, those are the things that are competing for that space. Um, that if we don't, if we don't fill with what is healthy and productive, the things that are unhealthy, the things that make you feel inadequate, the things that, um, make you feel you know all those painful hurtful things will take the place of
0: oh absolutely it's it's interesting that that you mention show them that love because I would say a number of the people i'm working with now find themselves in a space where faith is not unfamiliar the the idea of church activities and involvement or familiarity in some way and and i think almost daily whether i'm in sessions whether i'm in with my family my heart cries for the feeling of of other humans right now just with their wailings of saying, please hear my cries, please see me. I just want to be noticed. I just, I just want someone to, to see me and, or, or validate that I, I have. That was
1: what was just thinking in my head, validating, like validating.
0: And, and
1: that is, that
0: is really what we're talking about at this core level of, You don't need a prescriptive Bible verse, although they are the most powerful weapon that we carry on this earth. We need to see that Jesus meets us where we are in our lack, in our brokenness, in the way the world drowns our existence out with noise and distraction and division and telling you. Since we're talking about inadequacy and looking at identification, the world is pointing you towards a place that you can never reach. There will never be a large enough platform to fulfill your life. There will never be a place in your career that you will reach that you will be satisfied. There will never be a number in your bank account. Don't scoff at me, listeners. Listen to me. (laughs) There will never be a number in your bank account that feels Satisfying. Yes, it may pay your bills, but it will never fill that cry, that longing that is screaming. Somebody love me. Somebody see me. Somebody hear me. Tell me
1: I have value. Yeah. Tell me I'm worthy.
0: And and we're our our hearts are just weeping. All of creation is weeping for that unity. Of the one who created us to return and restore the original design of love and community and and purpose. But that's not what this world looks like. And that's why not only do we have this individual opportunity to get to know him and, and develop this interactive relationship and emotional laying down of all our fears and pride, but we have this hope of this restoration of what it was originally designed to look like humanity and God together that all of our hearts are aching for. And until we identify, pinpoint that as the pain, as the core ache, as the core screaming of our existence in this ridiculous world we live in, that pain is gonna continue to linger. And like you said, you have to revisit it. This is not a, hey, I know this, now I can move on. No, this is a (laughs) die to self and the expectation that this world will somehow get better before Jesus's return.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and again, um, focusing more on that relational connection than, in, in knowing the truth of who you are rather than what you can do or what you can receive or what you can gain. Um, because you I think you just said it so poignantly, there's nothing that this world is can offer you that's gonna fill that space. You the more money you make, the more money you spend. The more money you make, the more money you spend. Um, people, people are gonna fail you, people are gonna hurt you. It's it's gonna happen because we're all imperfect. Um, and so how do we how do we survive that? Right. And that is the authentic, the authenticity of, of knowing your true identity of your value and worth. And it's not here. It's nothing here. Um, and that's, that's where that's in what we do, right. Is it really, really boils down to everything that you've faced, everything that you've dealt with, everything that you've been exposed to has stolen pieces of, of, your true identity of your true worth and us getting back to that place of saying that you, you are loved literally more than life itself. You have incredible insurmountable value and worth and that healthy health is for you. You deserve it. And um, once we can get back to that buy-in of really believing that and, and letting that start to, soften all those hard sharp places i think that's really where where healing comes from and that's why i go back to that like being vulnerable enough to know that you're suffering so that way we can start coming back to a place of self-compassion and compassion because that's that's what god is it's compassion he's not he doesn't offer and promise to fix everything for us but he he offers to, to be there in a place of compassion, to walk through it with us.
0: So knowing now that not only have you walked this journey of seeing his compassion in action and, and recognizing that it doesn't magically fix all the broken pieces for the one who is is crying out, maybe they've already been in a rhythm where they're like, I've tried a devotion, I go to church on Sundays. (laughs) There's some, and and everybody learns different. And I really try to hammer this home is like, not everyone is going to be studious or not everyone is going to be a flamboyant worshiper. and Not everyone is going to be surrounded by people all the time. With your own personality, what are some of the tangible go-tos, those rhythms that keep you in tune, strengthening that relationship with God that just work well for you?
1: I think first and foremost, um, if I'm really honest with you, is surrounding yourself with with godly counsel. Um, And I don't say first and foremost I guess, first and foremost, is seeking the heart of God, right? Um, Seeking, knowing to understand the truth of God's character, not the truth of, and, and there is, there's truth of what God has done for us, but really trying to understand, and I can give you a link. There's this really good bible that actually my mentor gave me and it talks about all the characteristics of god um like all the different person like traits of who god is that she gave me yeah we'll Um, put it in the
0: show notes that would yeah
1: it was it was it's a really it's actually really good um but like like understanding that we are not meant to be alone in all of this um I think of Adam and Eve, like the, this is the first depiction of cognitive distortions, right. Um, where the, and I'll say this really short, cause I know we're running out of time, but God gave Adam the way that it worked is God talked, God talked to Adam, Adam gave Eve, you know, the message he, he translated, he didn't talk directly to Eve. Um, and that's kind of how the Holy spirit works with us. God, you know, the Holy spirit talks to us. He relays, you know, what God is, is wanting for us. And so, um, she's in, in, in Eden, the devil comes up and talks to her and challenge her and says, Hey, you know, m- maybe this isn't right. Maybe he doesn't want you to have the knowledge. He doesn't want you to have everything that he has. And, and she sits in this distortion by herself, right? She doesn't go back to Adam and say, Hey, did we get this wrong? Am I hearing you wrong? Maybe did God tell you something differently than what you told me? no. She sat in it by herself in her dark, deep thoughts and let her mind, what she knew was true, be distorted. And that's when she made the choice to act in that distortion. And so we think about the whole world (laughs) would be a different place if she decided to not sit in that dark place and admitted that she was suffering right and said and seek godly counsel (laughs) and seek godly counsel right and so literally the god counsel (laughs) yeah and so that's what i i the tangible thing that i want to share with you is don't sit in this dark place by yourself because it is meant to kill and destroy you it is meant to 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 make you see things in a distorted lens um and I tell you that I does come, it, it does take strength and vulnerability to share those dark, scary places with somebody else. And I know you don't want to touch it with a 10 foot pole, but until we can call it for what it is and shine light on it, it's gonna say Your stick is your secret. So expose those deep deep places. Um, once the truth comes out in the light and um surround yourself with people who are going to point you to the heart of God. Expose and connect, mic drop. <laughs> yes, expose and connect. And that's, I think that's, if you can relate, Crystal, that's, that's what we do in therapy. We expose Oh my goodness.
0: I, every time I just listen and I'm like, is it possible that dot, 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 and that exposure is a chin dropper every time. And it's like, ha, ah, I didn't, I didn't even see it. Well, cause you have someone coming who has reference points and visual ability to see and identify that suffering alone in the dark. And when you come to someone who can say, expose, <laughs> you're now connected. You're not alone from yeah. this point forward. I said this the other day. I said, from this point forward, you now have a person to work through these thoughts, to work through these lies, to challenge those temptations. From this point forward, yes, I will connect you and point you and get you more woven in. But at this point, you are no longer walking in darkness by yourself. And I think that's exactly what Jesus for does for us every day is... You may be on a broken world. You may still be in your fleshly form where you are imperfect and, but you are mine. And therefore you are never, you are no longer, never again alone. Yeah. And man, that's comforting because I know I grew up feeling like I was fighting myself. I was, I was going to make it. My strength was going to get me through I was going to try harder. If I was in lunacy or stubborn, it didn't matter. I was going to make it. And I is a really skinny, lonely place to be because it's narrow and there's no limbs to help you.
1: But when we were locked arms. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, once we get exposure, and connection and, um, God can do miraculous things. Um, and, and there is hope to that. And I, I don't want to say that, like, I've never dealt with depression or anxiousness since then that I would be lying to you if I didn't say that, but in those hard places, I'm, i I do know and trust the God of my heart. Right. And I do know who I am and whose I am. And so I can trust the biblical prescriptions of how, to recognize and identify when I am headed in those dark places, and and what I can do to get through that storm. Not that the storm's not going to be there, but how to how to get through it and come out on the other side, being all right, being being okay.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree. There just because you get through one storm does not mean the weather doesn't work through its seasons and another storm comes. Um, but there are periods of calm, and there are periods of rebuilding and there are periods of cleanup and there's, there's so much that goes in between those storms that it's much nicer when you do it with someone feeling not alone, feeling seen, feeling purposed, feeling loved. And so I, I greatly appreciate that moment where you came to the end of yourself and said, I am suffering now, what, and and it, it changed everything.
1: Yeah, I, um, it's, it's, um, I'm a part of this group and, uh, one of the ladies called our ninth hour, right. And Jesus had his ninth hour on the cross and very much where, and and I share this again, where he even said, God, why have you forsaken me? He exposed what was going on in his heart. And that's when we come to the end of our natural selves. So supernatural can take over and look, you see that resurrection, That's the same God, right? Who's oh, there with God. us? So um thanks for having me on here. I, I could talk about this all day long. I know um, I get so
0: excited. Like if
1: they could see me just
0: bursting, I'm like,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just I, you know, I think remember inadequacy is not unique to any of us. Um, but we can push through the fear of inadequacy um and and really get healing when we need to. Um, and so you're not alone out there. Um, don't, don't be like Eve and sit in your, the dark places by yourself. Um, there are people out there, um, who love you and care for you. You're loved more than life itself. You are worth, you're not a burden. You're worth walking through the hard spaces and places because, you have a purpose here and in this world is better with you in it. Um, and we need you to do what only you can do in this world. Amen.
0: So you are a licensed clinical social worker, but you are also a writer and a speaker. So if our listeners want to connect, where can they go to find you?
1: Sure. Um, so there's, I have my website, Danielle Whelan.org. Um, there's a, a place that you can connect with me there. I'm also on Facebook. So Facebook at Danielle Whalen WCC. Um, those are the best two places. Uh, I am not, um, on a lot of social media as, uh, places, um, which I know that that's like contrary to the whole speaking and, uh, public speaking thing, but, um, those are the two places that I, you can connect with me. Um, if, if, you know, you're interested in talking or connecting um, I, I'm working a lot with um, clear vision consulting too. Um, my uh, good, sweet, dear friend of mine, who is the owner of that. And so really that's the, where God has called me right now. Um, and so if you're interested in connecting and doing any collaborative work or seeing what we're doing over there that's clearvisionconsultingllc.org um you can find me doing a lot of great things for kingdom purposes over there um but yeah that's those are the the main things that i'm working on right now um and that we're we're doing collaborative work about um being well in order to lead well and so um, really bridging those the gaps between mental health, physical health, financial health, and spiritual wellness so that we can do what we're called to do for kingdom purposes.
0: Absolutely. I love the Clear Vision organization, and I'll put all of your website, that website in the notes, and also mention that if if you're not sure maybe Danielle's not your counselor or maybe you're not sure you need the consulting end. Uh, We're both familiar with an organization that runs in local groups called Celebrate Recovery. And that may be a way that you can tap into your local community. You can find those God-fearing mentors, those people who are walking through dark places and you don't have to say anything. You just find your local meeting and you show up and then you go from there. But I can I have not found one where there aren't a few authentic people who are willing to give of their time and energy to help you understand these concepts we've talked a lot about. Danielle, would you agree?
1: Yes. My, um, the, the life coach that actually, we didn't even get to talk about celebrate recovery. Today. I sure. know, but I didn't want to another time. <laughs> yes. Um, so the life coach, the, the woman that sat with me, she was actually the ministry leader of celebrate recovery. Um, and that's how I got involved in that ministry and eventually served as a ministry leader in Michigan there as well. Um, I would say that those are like, that was for me, was like a resurrection ministry for me. um, yes and and talking about like really they really emphasize your who your identity is you're not your hurts habits or hangups, and and really focusing on um your identity my if you could see me I'm beaming I know it's like celebrate recovery and so yes if if you only would want to connect just to learn more about celebrate recovery I would be more than happy um to talk with you about that
0: Yes, I, I love the I love the group. I see it transforming so many lives. If someone's working with me in a coaching or a small group program, I'm always like, "Hey, get in there and find the group that works for you in your local area. The one that's running healthy. Um, you you will experience life transformation, and it is it is to God's glory alone. So we we yeah. appreciate that organization and all those leaders that step up and. Across the world, across the country, it's so cool.
1: Absolutely. Talk about a great connection point um, and and where you can really like in a safe way expose those, those places. So good mention, Crystal.
0: Yes. All right, Danielle. I love you dearly. I'm so glad you. you were here. Uh, listeners, can you believe it? It has been an entire episode already. You have so much meat so many notes to take when you hit the replay. And I can, I can guarantee that when it comes time to acknowledge where you are suffering, that will be the door that is presented to you that says, okay, now what do you walk through? Do you, do you ask someone to walk through with you? Find your way to both expose the suffering and connect with other people who, who are cheering you on, who are ready to love you where you are, who represent that compassion that only Jesus brings to this world. And so thank you so much for listening to this episode. We were here featuring Danielle Whalen, and it was an honor and a privilege. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you for joining this Crystal Conversation, the place where stories of growth and resiliency are authentically shared in order to encourage and equip you to own the value of your journey. If you've been inspired or learned something new, please feel free to share the love and tell someone about these Crystal Conversations. If you know your helping, health, or human-facing organization or group would benefit from growth-minded resiliency content, Stop by crystalmcfadden.com for more information. And once again, this is Crystal McFadden reminding you that your steps matter. And thanking you so much for joining me during this Crystal conversation.